Hello, lawyers, and welcome to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. Today, I'm sharing with you how you can start a law firm newsletter that people actually want to read in 2023, and I'm going to include some ideas in here for you. Now, I'm going to be totally honest. I cannot read another shitty law firm newsletter, okay? I get a lot of them, and I'm on a lot of lists for lawyers, and I got to be honest, I just send them to spam now. I have a filter that just sends them on a spam. The reason is because they all suck. And I have not come across one. Well, maybe I've come across one or two that are actually okay. They're pretty decent. But I will tell you that most of them suck. And I see lawyers spending all this time uh, on YouTube with these MailChimp webinars, whatever platform you're on, you know, spending all your time where you should be billing or you should be with your kids or you should be making dinner or you should be working out, but you're not because you're like trying to figure out how to work MailChimp so that you can send a shitty newsletter that I'm going to get on a podcast about and completely, you know, tear a hole into. Yeah, don't be that person. Okay, so listen to this episode, and I'm going to tell you um, everything that you need to know about starting a law firm newsletter in 2023, and even if you have one, how to make yours better, because again, my eyes cannot read any more of your shitty newsletters, okay? I just can't do it anymore. All right, so let's get with the benefits of having a law firm newsletter. The reason that I actually recommend law firm newsletters to my clients, which by the way, you know, we talked about you not needing social media, this is one of the things I actually advocate for, and that's the newsletter, okay? I like newsletters when they're done the right way and when you do them the way that I tell you how to do them. Newsletters are good, okay? They are kind of low maintenance for your clients who receive them because they're still hearing from you. You're still staying top of mind, Uh, they're being reminded that you live and that you exist and that you help them once upon a time. And it's also kind of a soft way of encouraging referrals and encouraging repeat business, right? Especially for those of you who are super shy and won't pick up the goddamn phone to call your past clients or, and won't throw, you know, client appreciation events, you opt for the newsletter. And, Again, it is one tool in your marketing uh, toolbox, right? There's other tools. There's screwdrivers. There's hammers. There's nails. There's, um, you know, the the balance, right? This is one of those tools that you can use, and it is a soft tool. Okay, so it's not like an in-your-face tool. It's a soft tool, and one and you know, once you figure out what the flow of your newsletter is going to be. Once you figure out your template, whether it's going to be sharing a client success story, whether it's going to be talking about events in your neighborhood, whether it's going to be uh, sharing a new law that's come out that might affect your clients and people like your clients. It's a really good way to share that information. And once you have that template, you just keep reusing it. Like you don't have to come up with a whole new template every single month. Once you have figured out the bones of it, you just fill in 
and it's just done, right? It just happens for you. And if you are someone who, like me, loves batch work, you can batch all of your newsletters for an entire year once you figure out your template in a day, in two days, in three days. Because the thing that frustrates me the most is when you're not batching this work and every month you're having to review this month's newsletter, it's going to be the bottom of your list of things to get done and you're not going to do it. So again, if you can batch it because you figured out your template, batch the work, you can, whatever technology platform you're using, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, you can schedule it out for the entire year and then it just goes and you don't have to think about it. And it's like checked off your list and it doesn't come back on your list. So there are lots of benefits to having a law firm newsletter. It's really great for clients. It's really great for partners. You know, people that you meet in networking groups, which most networking groups will not allow you to just auto add people onto your newsletter, but you can ask them, hey, is it okay if I add you to my newsletter? Would you be open to that? You can definitely do that and ask permission. That's a-okay. All the people who schedule discovery calls with you but never hire you, all the people who schedule, you know, pick your brain sessions, uh, networking calls, you can add them to your newsletter list as long as you get their permission. And it can just be easy peasy for you that way, especially if you set up some automations for it. So lots of benefits. And it does allow you to be top of mind without having to feel like, ooh, I'm so salesy, right? Or ooh, I'm forcing myself on people. So those are the benefits. The downsides to having a law firm newsletter, besides having someone like Nermeen Jasani criticize your shitty law firm newsletter, is... It can be time-consuming. If you don't have a template, if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, if you're hiring people to do it for you and they're just doing a really shitty job, if they are talking about the law and they're talking about it incorrectly, then you do have to go back behind them and actually correct the law. It does become something additional on your to-do list if you are not actually organized, which, by the way, most lawyers aren't. So... Again, it becomes that thing that's on your to-do list every single month and you never do it. And you keep telling yourself that you're going to do it, but then you don't do it. And then you beat yourself up about it and you're like, ah, if I just had a newsletter, I'd get more clients. No, by the way, that's that's the downside to having a newsletter. It's not something that you're going to wake up one day after sending out a newsletter and now you're going to have 10 consults scheduled the next day. That's not a newsletter. That's not the purpose of a newsletter. It is one tool in your toolbox, right? And using the basic rule of marketing, you know, it takes people seven contacts before they will hire you. This is just one of the seven. And actually, because it's digital, it's actually one of the 20, right? Like, it takes a lot of digital touches before someone is going to reach out to you and hire you. So I just wanted you to keep this in mind that because it is a dig- digital format, it is soft. And so while, you know, the benefit is, oh, it doesn't seem overly aggressive, the downside is that it's not overly aggressive, right? The downside is that it's going to take a lot more newsletters before someone's going to hire you. Okay. Okay. 
Let's talk about why email marketing is important for your law firm in 2023. Now, I know you've already seen what algorithms are doing to people, whether it's the Google algorithm, the YouTube algorithm, the Instagram algorithm, the TikTok algorithm, right? Those social media platforms are not designed to show your content to 100% of the people who are following you. That doesn't benefit them. Now, only if you started paying them would they start showing your stuff to more people. But again, you got to pay them to do that. When it comes to email marketing, once you've got someone on your email list, Google is not going to prevent you from seeing what they are, seeing what you are saying in your email, unless it's like super spammy or something like that. And you get caught by the spam filter. But most of the time, When you send an email marketing newsletter to someone on your email list, you've got them. They're in your world, right? It's not that only 3% of your newsletter is going to see this or your email list is going to see this. It's that when you send it to 100%, it's going to land in 100% of their inboxes and then they can choose whether or not they want to open it. So that is one of the really big reasons why email marketing is important. When you look at it as all the tools that you have when it comes to marketing, it's one where you can actually own the people on your list. And again, if you can figure out a good system for email marketing, that's just, it just becomes easier for you as an, it's an easy tool that just repeats itself once you figure out your system and your template and you batch it. Okay, the next thing here is I don't want you to focus on how big your email list is. I know so many people who won't start a newsletter or even sign up for MailChimp or whatever else because they're like, who am I gonna email this to? Like, there's nobody on my email list. I only worked with 30 people last year, 60 people last year. I'm not gonna just start an email list for 60 people. Okay, that's the wrong focus. Don't focus on how many people are on your newsletter list, okay? I just want you to think about creating quality newsletters, not so much the size of the list of the people who are getting it. This is one of those places where size doesn't matter because I know people who have 30,000 people on their email list and they're paying all this money to the email software provider. But the reality is that like 10 people are opening it and like no one's responding, nobody's engaging with it, no one's buying anything that's being sold. And it's basically just a dead newsletter and a dead email list, right? So I don't want you to focus on how big your email list is, but if you've got an email list of 30 people who worked with you and raved about you and left you Google reviews and just adore you and send you tons of business, that is an A-plus quality list, and that's what we want to focus on. Don't just add a whole bunch of people who are just going to get your email and then unsubscribe because that's garbage and that's not worth anything, okay? So don't focus on how big your email list is and, oh, just a quick little point here. Don't just add every fucking attorney that you know onto your newsletter list because I've talked to a lot of attorneys and they don't want your emails. They like you and they've asked me to tell you, please don't include them on your newsletter list. 
They're being polite when they say, sure, you can add me, but really they don't want to be added. And they're probably going to send you an email saying, hey, these newsletters are so great, but I'm just really limiting, you know, the emails in my inbox. So I'm going to unsubscribe, but I fully support you and I will send you clients when I can come, when I come across clients who can use you. I've actually encouraged a lot of lawyers to send that email to people whose newsletters that they are on. So if you get a lot of unsubscribes from attorneys, that's why. Don't just add them. Add your clients. Add your past clients. Add the people who didn't hire you, unless they were a total pain in the ass. But yes, add everyone. But don't focus so much if everyone ends up being 15 people or 30 people. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Okay. Here's my next point. Send your newsletter. Don't worry about it being perfect. So often, lawyers will get caught in perfection. And if it's not the perfect newsletter, they will not send it. And so it just sits there and it never gets sent. And you spent all this time on it and you don't send it. And then you keep trying to fix it and make it better and fix it and make it better. And then you just never send it. So don't be that perfect person. There is no perfect newsletter. Okay. That's not even a term that you want to use when it comes to newsletters. You just want to ask, is this engaging? Is this something that someone would want to read? You know, is this something I would want to read? Right? So don't worry about it being perfect. Just send the damn thing. Uh, You grammar, you know, aficionados, just send it. A grammar mistake is not going to kill you, okay? All right, next point here. I don't want you to focus exclusively on legal issues. Okay, here's what that means. I see a lot of law firm newsletters And they are filled with legal jargon, okay? And listen, I could do a whole podcast episode, and maybe I will do a whole podcast episode on how much I hate legal jargon. Listen, your audience did not go to law school. Yes, you might have attorneys on your newsletter list, and by the way, they don't want to be on your list, but don't talk legal jargon. Don't start saying the names of rules and laws that just came out. Nobody wants to hear that. That's really boring. No one wants to read that. Again, ask yourself, is this something I would want to read? You know, I don't want you to focus exclusively on legal issues. You can have an amazing law firm newsletter without even touching on a single legal issue. The point is not to educate people on how freaking smart you are and how up to date you are on all things your area of law. That's not the point of the newsletter. The point is to remind people who may have forgotten about you, that you are still around. And yes, that you still practice this area of law. And yes, you would love to be introduced to so-and-so who's going through a divorce or so-and-so who needs an immigration consult or so-and-so who needs a trademark, right? Okay, next thing here. Uh, What email software should you be using? There's so many out there, number one. Number two, I've tried all of them. And when I say all of them, I mean all of them, the cheap ones, the free ones, the really expensive ones. And I will tell you this, my favorite one that I use, and uh, ConvertKit is not paying me to say this, okay? I'm I'm not an affiliate, but I would be. Um, But I'm not one right now, so you don't have to worry about, you know, being gypped off here or anything like that. But ConvertKit, 
C-O-N-V-E-R-T-K-I-T.com. ConvertKit is the email platform I've been using for the last two years, three years, and I've used them all. I used Kajabi, I've used MailChimp, I've used ActiveCampaign, I've used SendFox, I've used, oh my goodness, there's another one, and the name's not even coming to me, but it doesn't matter uh, because I've used all of them, right? The reason I like uh, ConvertKit over MailChimp, which I take all my clients from MailChimp over to ConvertKit, and the big reason for that is that when it comes to ConvertKit, I can do so much more for like $15 or $30 a month. And that just depends on the size of your list. When it came to uh, MailChimp, I literally couldn't do a lot inside of MailChimp without having to upgrade. So there's this thing in MailChimp called Customer Journeys, which is like if I want to send an email like to a client for an off-board process, then I would send an email asking for one thing, then another email 30 days later asking for something else, and then another email later, 15 days later after asking for something else. MailChimp would charge for each journey. And I just thought... (laughs) I need to create 30 of these. Like, this is going to get so expensive. ConvertKit happens to be the cheapest. It's pretty easy to use. It's not super complicated. It's a great platform. Definitely think about ConvertKit. Okay, last thing here. Law firm newsletter ideas. I've obviously saved the best for last. So let's talk about some things that I encourage people to do. One of them is to create an offer newsletter that highlights events going on in your city. So you can break it into three parts. Something that they want to do with their family, uh, something that they can do alone, something active that they can do. If there's a beer festival, if there's a wine, uh, wine tasting festival, there's fireworks, there's a new park opening up. There's um, a group hike happening. Whatever that thing is in your city, you can highlight that as one thing. The next thing that you can highlight in that same newsletter is you can highlight the a win that you had from one of your clients. You can share a testimonial. You can share a story. XYZ got rejected for an H-1B. We then applied for this other thing. They got a green card. Yay, let's celebrate. They didn't have to wait 40 years to get an H-1B. Whatever. I'm obviously exaggerating here, but you're getting the gist of it. Or you can even copy and paste a testimonial that or a review that didn't make it to Google reviews so that people can see how amazing you are. And then part three, you can highlight a team member. Or you can do another event in the city. Or you can talk about but I would prefer you not talking about an area of law because that can be a little boring and too legal jargony, but you can if you must. And that's how you can structure your law firm newsletter. Another one that you can do is sharing a story. And that is one of the most effective ones that you can do because it really shows how human you are and that your team can really get things done without actually bragging about you. So it's like low-key bragging when you're sharing a story. And it could be something like, you know, 10 years ago, I worked with my first, uh, I did my first M&A deal. 
And here are the three things that I learned in that M&A deal. Number one, the deal dies a thousand times before it gets done. Number two, you know, uh, my clients will need me sometimes at midnight and I will be there for them. And number three, you know, there's always more money that can be made. And it's my job to make sure that my client gets the most, whatever those three things are. Okay. And then you can say, I've learned a lot. And with 10 years of experience and, you know, a hundred M&A deals done, ranging from a hundred thousand to a hundred million, you know, I'm here to help you with your next M&A deal. Um, and you can wrap it up that way. And that's a nice personalized story reminding people how human you are, right? And all the things that you learned. And, you know, you can even do a newsletter where you share your favorite things about being a divorce lawyer. One, I get to make sure that people get to be happy and find love, even if it wasn't with each other. Two, I get to, um, you know, take care of the kids. And three, I get to make sure everyone gets a fair deal when it comes to money. Whatever those three things are, right? Like, there are so many things that you can do with a newsletter. What I don't want you to do is throw in a bunch of photos. What I don't want you to do is have everything that says, click here, click here, click here. Like, that's too many places to click, and that's too confusing. Um, if you are still curious to know about Law for Newsletters, one thing I can recommend is this thing that I just created. And it's called Non-Legal Writing for Lawyers. It's 100 bucks, and it's going to be the best damn thing that you've read. In it, I have over 50 examples of what I don't want you to say and what you should say. We learn through examples. I go through and I point out what other attorneys are doing that I absolutely do not want you to do. And you will see that in non-legal writing for lawyers. So we all took legal research and writing 101. So when it came to figuring out what to call this thing, non-legal writing felt really appropriate because you already know how to write like a lawyer. Now you need to write like a human again, okay? Like a lay person, like a normal person who's not throwing out words like, you know, Rule NISI and Application 765 and blah, 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 whatever else you're going to say in your meetings. Like, you don't need to do that. This is a space to be really simple and to actually write stuff that people want to read. And in it, I share with you my trick on how to get things written from your brain onto a computer without having to wait for your team to nudge you 700 times to get this thing done because looking at a blank screen is really scary. So I share with you exactly how you can actually get more content like this written. And if you're interested, it's in the link below and it's on my website, non-legal writing for lawyers. All right, lawyers, it's everything for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in and I will be back next week with another episode.